Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. So great. Here we are. The uh, Sunday before school goes back. Give me a wave if you're going back to school this week. Yes, and the teachers as well. Yes, that is so awesome. So, so good. And it is another year. Here we go. 2021. We kind of know when this, well, as a parent, when the school year kicks in, it's like, okay, now, now we're into, now we're into it. Here we go. Another year clocks over. And you'll have to excuse me because this is my third service and I yelled really loud in the first two services. So (laughs) I can feel it in my throat. It is always my privilege to bring the word of God. Who loves the word of God? We've been reading the Chronological Bible together as a church. If you have not got one yet, I encourage you to order one. And while you're waiting for it to arrive, make sure you get on the YouVersion Bible app and look up the one-year Chronological Bible. And um, just pick up on today's date. Don't worry about catching up. Just pick up today. And, um, and let's get going on this journey together. And so I'm going to speak a little bit out of what we've recently read out of the life of Moses. And um, thanks, Nicole. And... Um, The the topic, really, for the first few weeks of this year, although it's New Horizons for the whole year, we're actually talking a lot over the next few weeks about the call, when God actually calls us, when God calls us and we get that sense in our heart. Ronnie talked about the pull, you know, that kind of, that knowing that God is calling us. And so I want to share around that tonight. I want to put a picture on the screen a photo. If we can put that photo up, that would be awesome. That's me. That's me as a 19-year-old. Yeah, so cute, right? Just two years ago. (laughs) That's me as a 19-year-old, and uh, that's me preaching for the first time in the youth ministry. Um, At that time, 19 years old, newly engaged, uh, studying two bachelor degrees and serving in the youth ministry with my brand new fiance, Sam. And we were just serving and youth back then, we were running one of the programs, multiple youth programs. This one was on a Saturday night. We had people telling us, you'll never build anything successful on a Saturday night. Has anyone else got the kind of attitude that goes, if you tell me I can't, I'm actually gonna prove to you that I can. And um, anyway, so we were serving in the youth ministry and, um, and that was the early days. Um, and at that time, I had been called. I felt the call for many years through my teenage life, but I started to step into it in greater and greater measures. I was called out of the world, called out of doing things like Pastor Dan was saying, according to the pattern of the world. I was called out of brokenness. I was called to lead. I was called to speak. I was called to come out of all the things of my past. And when I look at that photo, you know, it's almost 20 years actually since then. And I think, imagine it would be so cool to be able to sit down with her and have a chat with her about the call of God. And so tonight, I actually want to share around that three things that I would tell her about the call of God. Three things that I would tell her about the call of God. And the title of my message tonight is The Strong Arm of the Lord. 
the strong arm of the Lord. He is so faithful. You know, and and as we get into the scripture, what we've been reading about in the chronological Bible is the story of Moses and how he's called. And he's in the wilderness and he's been in the wilderness for a really long time and kind of hiding. And God calls him and he says, hey, you, um, I want you to deliver a whole nation. I want you to go to Egypt and I want you to call all of the Israelites to me and deliver them out of slavery under the oppression of the Egyptians. And so God calls Moses and then he sends Moses to call the people out of their slavery and into their promise. And Pharaoh is like, no way. There's like 1.5 million of you and you are my entire labor force, my whole workforce. There's no way I'm letting you go. And God is saying to Pharaoh, let my people go so they can come and worship me. Let my people go. Pharaoh keeps saying no. And we read the account where God sends plagues into Egypt to scare Pharaoh. And every time Pharaoh's like, no, I'm not letting you go. There's no way you're going until he gets worn down. And a couple of times he's like, fine, if you take away this plague, I'll let you go. And as soon as the plague goes, Pharaoh changes his mind. No, not allowed to go. Not letting you go. And eventually 10 plagues and Pharaoh's like, get out, just get out. And so they go. And in Exodus 13 verse 9, it says this, with a strong hand, the Lord rescued you from Egypt. A few verses later, it says, with the power of his mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, the place of our slavery. And so if I was sitting down with that 19-year-old version of myself, I would tell her three things that she needs to remember when she's being called in the journey that's ahead of her. Three things she's going to need to do, three things she's going to need to cling to, three things she's going to need to live by. And the first one is trust. Trust. When we read the story, God leads these people out and by the plagues, he's, Pharaoh's like, finally, get out of here, go, go, go. And so they go. And not only do they go and escape, they actually take all of the Egyptians' wealth. The Egyptians are like, here, take everything, just get out. And so they're loaded up and they're out. They're out of their slavery. And that's what I felt like. I felt like God had rescued me out of slavery, rescued me out of hardship, rescued me out of oppression. And so it was the strong arm of the Lord that did it. They didn't do it. God did it. And they're out. And and it says, (laughs) it says in Exodus 13, verse 17, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them the roundabout way through the wilderness towards the Red Sea. I love this. I would say to that 19-year-old version of myself, the one who's grown up in a microwave generation, to trust the long way round. Trust the long way round. Trust the preparation season. Do you know what? We should never let the call of God take us where our character can't sustain us. And it's the long way round that builds character in us. 
Because God knows what we need, he takes us the way we need to go in order to become what we need to be when we get there. God does his best work in us when we're kicking and screaming and not understanding why he's doing it the way that he's doing it. He does his best work in us in what I call obscurity, when it doesn't make sense. When you feel like you're in the back blocks and you're like, God, but it would make so much more sense to do it this way. Does anyone else advise God? And he's like, I know, but you, you need a bit of work. I know, but I also know what you need to develop on the inside of you so that you can handle the promise when you get there. I would say to her, trust the long way around. In a microwave generation, everybody wants everything now. But that's not the answer. You know, many people come to me and they ask me, you know, how do you? And what they're actually saying is, I admire your life and I want to know what you did to get it. And sometimes both of us very quickly realize that that person is not willing to do what I did to get what I have. You know, the resolves I've had to live by, the disciplines I've had to build in my life, the sacrifices I've made, the cost I've had to pay, doing the hard thing for a really long time, doing the unpopular thing for a really long time. Do you know, most of us, we just want to become CEOs tomorrow. No, my friend, you actually need to get a job. You actually need to work hard. You actually need to go the long way around because God is building you. God is building you. And people often say, oh, your life looks whatever. And then when I start to share, well, this is what it's going to take, they're not interested. They're not interested. And I want to say that just because someone carries it well doesn't mean it's not heavy. And most people who we would call overnight successes often say things along the lines of, that was the longest night of my life. What appears to us to be an overnight success was actually a really long time to the person going through it. Trust the long way around. I'd say to her, trust the process. Trust the strong arm of the Lord and follow his presence. Because the second part of that scripture in Exodus 13 and verse 21, the Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud and provided a light at night with a pillar of fire. And this allowed them to travel, listen, by day and by night. The day seasons when everything's bright and shiny, the night seasons when you can't see your hand in front of your face. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or fire from his place in front of the people. Trust the process. Trust the long way around and stay in the presence of God. Stay in the presence of God. The second thing I would tell her is stand. There are going to be times when you realize not only is the long way around the long way around, but it also is filled with obstacles. It's not only the long way, but just as soon as you start making progress, there's a big ugly thing in your face that's stopping your progress. Yeah. 
And there are going to be times that require of us to stand. And so the Israelites did. They found this. They got out of Egypt by the strong arm of the Lord, only to come up against a physical impossibility, the Red Sea. Many of you are familiar with the story that they escape, and God's leading them, and they're like, yes, this is amazing. We're, we're, We're heading to our promise, and we're free. We're no longer slaves. And they come up against an ocean, and they turn around, and Pharaoh and all his chariots, because Pharaoh's had a change of heart suddenly. He's like, oh my gosh, what have I done? And he gets his whole army to chase these people. And so they've got a sea in front of them, and they've got an army on their tails. And this is the thing, it's amazing. In Exodus 14, but Moses said to the people, how's this? Don't be afraid. Sure, Moses, no worries. No worries. Don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. The second thing I'd say to this young girl, a 19-year-old version of myself, is just stand. There are going to be times when we need to let the Lord fight our battles. When it's so impossible, we need to not be afraid, we need to stand. Do you know one of the greatest fears that we have as humans is the fear of man? They say that actually the fear of public speaking eclipses the fear of death. And in a generation where everybody's like, you know, trigger happy, the opinion that you can come under and the criticism that you can come under and it's so burdensome, like this, this fear of man. But do you know, it's our job to value the opinion of God over the opinion of man. Our conviction needs to outweigh our fear of what someone else might say or think. We need to be so knowing of what God says and who he is that it needs to be greater than the army that's chasing us. I want to tell you, and I would tell her, sweetheart, you will never achieve the call of God on your life if you fear man more than you fear God. It's impossible. That ocean of public opinion, you need to fear God more than you fear man, and that will allow you to stand. It's the sea of public opinion. It's the Egyptian slave master It's the spirit of intimidation. I've just been sharing about this recently with a few people, this concept of the fact that the enemy trash talks us. You know, know, like when you see footballers playing and you can see they're like trash talking each other on the field. They're bringing each other down. They're trying to get into each other's heads. And so the enemy does that to us. He trash talks us. Why? Because he knows you're awesome on the field. He knows you've got a goal. He knows you've got your eyes set, but if he can get you off game, he'll take you out of the game. And so he trash talks us. He trash talks us with the spirit of intimidation. In Ephesians 6 verse 12, it says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. And so you think, you think that that opposition 
is something in the natural. No, it's not. It's the enemy trash-talking you. And we wrestle against spiritual forces that are trying to take you out of the call of God on your life. I would say to her, sweetheart, there are going to be things that look natural, but they're actually an assignment because you're awesome on the field. Because you kick butt out there, he's going to try to kick yours. And he's going to send all sorts of things dressed up in all sorts of ways. Why? Because you've got a call and he knows it. I'd say to her, sweetheart, you've got to stand your ground. You've got to stand your ground. You know, there are two instances in the last 20 years of my ministry life where there's been an attack on my character and my reputation. Gossip and slander, where I lost friendships because of lies that were told about me. I started to be uninvited from certain meetings and certain voices that I had in different places were shut down because of false account given against me. And both those times, it was actually the most painful thing when I have lived my whole life in integrity. I've lived my life pouring myself out for people, building people up. When that slander comes and it attacks your character and now people mistrust you, you know, you want to rush in to your own defense. And I remember Sam saying to me on both times, don't say a word. Don't defend yourself. Don't say anything. Time will tell. Your reputation will stack up. Don't say anything. Let your fruit speak for you. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus said, you'll judge a tree by its fruit. In Proverbs, it says all the time, don't promote yourself, don't puff yourself up, because you can judge a tree by its fruit. Let your fruit speak for you. In Romans 12, 19, you should write this down. Dear friends, never take revenge. Never take revenge. Leave that to the Lord. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge and I will pay back what needs to be paid back, says the Lord. Do you know when things are impossible, when you're facing a Red Sea and you know very well there's nothing that you can do to make it right, trust God. He will work it out infinitely better than you ever could. When he comes to your defense, it is a thousand times better than you defending yourself. It is a thousand times better than you trying to work it out. Now, it may not be a case against your reputation. It may be a health crisis. It may be a financial crisis. It may be whatever the devil chooses to throw at you to make you look at that ocean and that slave driver. But you need to know, trust and stand. Trust and stand, because when God works it out, it's infinitely better than you ever trying to work it out for yourself. I'd say, sweetheart, stand and stand strong. Watch God rescue you from that Egyptian. And listen to the words, the Egyptian you see today will never be seen again. Trust the strong arm of the Lord. I've decided, I've just decided to achieve what God's called me to do on this earth. And I've realized that takes a bit of resolve. That takes a bit of grunt 
It takes longevity. Do you know what my definition of longevity is? Outlasting everyone else. Resolve. I decided a long time ago that no person is powerful enough to sabotage my destiny in God. And I live for the audience of one. For the audience of one. And stillness. We have to stand and sometimes, usually, we have to be still. Even in the midst of battle, we can be still on the inside. Ephesians 6.13, Therefore put on God's complete armor, that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger. And having done all that the crisis demands, sometimes all that's left is to stand firmly in your place. You know, I hear a lot of people go, I've done everything, that's it, I'm out of here. No, no, no. When you've done all, you stand. That's when you stand. You stand. And you know what? As I watch my heroes, my mentors, the people that I look up to, you know what I've realized? Is the grass is never, ever greener anywhere else. I want to tell you, it's never greener anywhere else. We all face challenges. We all face trials, and especially when we're pursuing the things of God. Especially when we're on assignment and we're living for the audience of one. And I've watched my heroes and my mentors face trials. They don't have it any easier than anyone else. They may make it look easy. I can guarantee you it is not. But what I have noticed is their responses, and their responses blow me away. Their responses blow me away. They stand in stillness. I've watched mighty men and women of God who I have the privilege to be in proximity with face unspeakable trials and be unshaken. Standing in stillness. Our response is paramount. Our resolve is paramount. I would say to that 19-year-old version of myself, Stand and be still. Psalm 46 says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. The Passion Translation says, Surrender your anxiety. Be silent and stop your striving, and you will see that I am God. Trust the process. Stand firmly in your place. And my last point, rise. There are going to be instances that repeat over and over again that cause you and call you to rise up. Many, many, many times. Facing the Red Sea, God calls Moses to stand and to watch. He then says these incredible words in Exodus 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, I love this. Somebody needs to hear this. Why are you crying to me? Why are you crying to me? Tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff. Raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. You know, in the very beginning of the story, when Moses is called to the burning bush. He sees the burning bush and God, he's like, what is that? And it's actually God in the bush. And God starts speaking to him like, you're going to think you're crazy, right? I'm talking to a burning bush and it's talking back to me. 
And so God is speaking to Moses, and he says, Moses, I want you to be the deliverer. You know, I want you to, to bring the people out. And Moses disagrees with God. Moses is like, I don't actually, I think you've got the wrong person. And he didn't believe that he could do it. A lot of people ask me, how do I know I'm ready? A lot of people ask me, how do I know I'm the right person for the job? I've asked those questions. My answer is this, if God's calling, you're ready. If God's calling, you're the person for the job. Stop asking and trust. Do it afraid if you have to. If God's calling, you're ready. You're ready. God calls you. He calls me. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows what he's put on the inside of us. The purposes he's placed us on the earth for. I can't do it, Moses cried out. And God replied, Moses 4 verse 1 to 2, Moses protested again. What if they don't believe me or what if they don't listen to me? What if they say, Lord, the Lord never appeared to you. And Moses asked him, what is in your hand? And he said, a shepherd's staff. That's all he had in his hand because he was a shepherd. God says, what's in your hand? And he's like, a stick. That's all I've got. God's like, perfect. I'm going to do miracles through that. That thing that is so common to you and everyone else, that's what I'll use. Can we put that photo back up, please? You know what that girl said? I can't do this, God. I can't preach. Have you forgotten? English is my second language. God, have you forgotten? Women don't preach. I'm a girl in a man's world. Trash talk, right? God, have you forgotten? God, I come from a broken home. I can't lead. God, have you forgotten all the things that I've done? Have you forgotten the mistakes I've made? God says, yeah, actually, I have forgotten. As far as the east is from the west, so your sins have been removed from you. And you may not know it, sweetheart. You may not realize it, but I've deposited heaven on the inside of you because I have a plan for this generation and I intend to use you. What's in your hand, he said to me? Khakis? Perfect. Fill your car on Friday night. That's all I need. You got car keys in your hand? Anyone here with car keys? Perfect. Perfect. Carolina, just fill your car on a Friday. That's all I want you to do. What's in your hand, Carolina? Chicken salt? Perfect. Every Friday, pick those girls up in your car and take them out for chips, hot chips, loaded up with hideous amounts of chicken salt and talk about scripture with them every week. That's what's in your hand, chicken salt? Perfect. Perfect. That's all I need. That's all I need. What's in your hand, Carolina? A couple of bachelor degrees. Perfect. Perfect. You know that bachelor degree that you have in marketing? Serve the church with that. 
Serve the church with that. You know that bachelor degree you have with business? Serve the church with that. That's all I need. What's in your hand? Don't worry about what you think you're not. What's in your hand? What's in your hand? Second Peter, the Apostle Peter's writing to the church. And he says, by God's divine power, he has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Believe me, you already have everything you need. You already have everything you need. What is in your hand? What is in your hand is all you need. And then when you face those C moments, those obstacle moments, God's going to say to you, why are you crying? Raise up that thing that's in your hand. Remember that thing that's in your hand? Raise it over that obstacle. Hold it over that wretched thing and do what I've called you to do. The rise up moments. And I love how he says, get the people moving. He says, why are you crying to me? Get the people moving. Raise up your staff over the sea so that you can walk through on dry ground. Get the people moving. The last thing I want to say is this. Don't go alone. Don't go alone. Free the other slaves around you and take them with you. Don't go alone. If you're here tonight and you've got some people in your world who are locked up in bondage and you want to do something about it in the spirit, I'd love for you to stand to your feet. If you want to say tonight, I'm not going to go alone. I'm not going to go. I'm going to raise up my staff and I'm going to use what's in my hand. I'm going to take the ones that are locked up and I'm going to set them free because God is calling me. Holy Spirit, would you just, if you're standing as an act of symbolism, would you just raise your arm as though you're holding out what is in your hand? Whatever that is, and I know that God speaks specifically to people and he's highlighting to you that thing that's in your hand which you think is insignificant. And just give it to him. Yeah, God, I am. I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this for your glory. I'm going to use this for your glory. And I want to promise you, as you do that, your life is going to unfold in front of you. Your life is going to unfold in front of you. You know, I thought that I was going to have a corporate life. That were my plans. God had other plans. Thank you for listening. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We encourage you to tell someone about your decision and pray and read the Bible every day. We also recommend attending a church in your local area. We have many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We are so excited to see you there.